0: Welcome back to the Adult Study Guide podcast from Bogard Press. We're glad you've joined us as we look at the winner of 2021-2022 Adult Study Guide, The Gospel of Grace. As Brother Mark Clements walks us through the Book of Romans, we will see a beautiful picture of God's love for all people and His desire for them to know Him as Lord and Savior. Each week, Brother Mark will walk us through this story as we look at God's grace for us and others. Take it away, Brother Mark.
1: Today's lesson is entitled, The Gospel of Grace and Civil Government, from Romans 13, 1-14. Seeking the Context For some time, local newspapers have been known to publish the names of residents who get in trouble with the law. If someone was arrested, it was not very long before everyone in town knew about it. As a preacher's kid, I remember periodically perusing the newspaper, hoping I would not see a name I recognized. Thankfully, I never did. Under most circumstances, when God's children fulfill their calling in His kingdom, they will be upstanding citizens. When Christians are not upstanding citizens, their reputation, the reputation of their church, and most importantly, the reputation of Christ, is at stake. Paul closed Romans 12 with simple reminders of what it looks like to behave in a Christian manner. He told the readers that they could live peaceably with all and even love their enemies by leaving vengeance to the Lord. As we will observe today, God uses civil authorities to assist in suppressing evil among communities. Christians have heavenly citizenship, but earthly residences. How can we live in a way that honors Christ and maintains a godly reputation. While there were times in Scripture where God approved His children disobeying government and even raised up some of them to rebel against civil authorities, when authorities do not compel disobedience to God, Christians should submit to them as model citizens. Roman Christians who received this epistle would have their faith tested with opportunities to prove whether they trusted God to exact justice. Modern-day Christians may face similar circumstances. While the world watches, we must demonstrate grace under fire. Today's text teaches us how to set a good example of godliness in society. Why is it so important to be an upstanding citizen? Searching the text, number one, godly citizens obey authorities. Romans 13:1 through 7. Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers. For there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power, resisteth the ordinance of God. And they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. Wilt thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. For he is the minister of God to thee for good. But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid. For he beareth not the sword in vain. For he is the minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. Wherefore, ye must needs be subject, not only for wrath, but also for conscience' sake. For this cause... Pay ye tribute also, for they are God's ministers, attending continually upon this very thing. Render therefore to all their dues, tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. One of the first words our children learned to speak was, No. When they got into the rhythm of saying no, It did not matter what question you asked them, the answer was always no. Even if you asked the children if they wanted ice cream, they would refuse. Rebellion to authority seems to be innate in human beings to varying degrees, even at very young ages. As resisting authorities signals sinful human nature, humble submission to authorities, beginning with God, is a sign of sanctification. As we have already determined, there are moments when authorities should be resisted by Christians. When Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refused to worship the golden image Nebuchadnezzar had set up, they were obeying God rather than man. Daniel 316 16-18 Every Christian should be willing to endure the consequences of rejecting authorities if to obey them would mean to disobey God. In every other situation, though, When obedience to authorities does not violate our obedience to God, Christians should obey their earthly rulers. Paul outlined a very simple argument to prove why Christians should obey the higher powers. First, Paul wrote that every person who was in a position of authority was placed there by God's design. Sometimes God allows benevolent leaders to bless a nation, and sometimes he allows evil rulers to serve as judgment for a nation. Either way, no leader rises to power unless God permits it. To resist earthly authorities would be to resist what God has appointed, and there would be consequences. Paul stated that, generally speaking, civil authorities exist to suppress evil and foster righteousness. When He wrote that a Christian should leave vengeance up to the wrath of God, Romans 12, 19. Paul knew he was about to explain that God uses civil authorities to help execute his wrath on the wrongdoing of men. Of course, in places where corrupt leaders do not execute justice for the oppressed, God will ultimately bring his judgment to pass, if not in this life, in the life to come. Since God is in ultimate control, we are free to submit to our earthly authorities, including paying taxes. Jesus even taught that Christians should give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and to God what belongs to God. Matthew 22, 22 Whatever we owe to our authorities, we should give, whether it be taxes, reverence, or honor. In doing so, we acknowledge God's wisdom and glory in providing law and order for us. Refusal to submit to authorities God has placed in our lives causes at least two problems. First, we bring punishment on ourselves when we willingly disobey the laws of the land. On the contrary, law-abiding Christians will maintain a good reputation for themselves in the name of Christ. Second, when we knowingly violate the laws of the land— We violate our own consciences because we have chosen to sin against God by disobeying authorities He has put in place. A child who disobeys his teacher and gets punished at school knows he will get punished again when he gets home. Similarly, when we resist civil authorities, we incur punishment from them, but we also sin against God, which brings His discipline upon us. For the gospel's sake, we should honor and obey authorities unless they force us to disobey God. How can you honor authorities in a culture hostile to Christianity? Number two, godly citizens love others. Romans 13, 8-10 Owe no man anything but to love one another. For he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. For this, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not covet, and if there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Love worketh no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. Our vehicle needed some work recently, so I dropped it off with our local mechanic. Later that afternoon, he produced an itemized invoice of all the problems he discovered and repaired. He walked me through every repair, explaining exactly what was wrong and how he fixed it. The invoice showed many small repairs, but they totaled one big amount due at the bottom of the page. I was more than happy to pay what I owed since he repaired things I would never be able to fix on my own. When Paul wrote about the Christian's love towards others, he used a word that describes a debt owed to someone else. When it comes to anything we might owe others, Paul wrote that God's people should pay those debts as soon as possible. When it comes to the demonstration of love, though, we have an ongoing debt to others that will never really be satisfied. Like my invoice from the mechanic, we could spend hours detailing the individual ways we should treat other people. God's people should not commit adultery. They should not murder. They should not steal, lie, covet, or do anything else that goes against God's character. Instead of fretting over all the individual items we should or should not do to others, Paul wrote that we would accomplish everything God wants us to accomplish by simply loving our neighbors as ourselves. Love fulfills God's demands of us when it comes to the treatment of others. We must remember that love is a debt we owe to everyone. This debt will never fully be paid since there is always a need for love. If you looked around our world and tried to diagnose the true problem of secular culture, you would probably surmise that there is a tremendous absence of genuine love for God and for other people. This is the debt we owe to God and the world around us. Love pays the debt. How can you best satisfy your debt of love to others? Number three. Godly citizens walk in the light. Romans 13, 11 through 14 And that, knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light." Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lusts thereof. In our current season of life, my wife and I have wake-up alarms set for very early in the morning. We try to get to sleep early, but whether we do or not, the demands of each day require early wake-up calls. Just as sure as our alarms go off very early each morning, we hit the snooze buttons at least once. It might be time to wake up, but we are slow to rise from sleep. For us, this is true physically, but for many Christians, this is also true spiritually. Paul devoted the last portion of this chapter to rousing the Christian from spiritual slumber. The sense of urgency for spiritual alertness is similar to the urgency of waking up in the morning. When the alarm goes off, we know there are specific activities we must accomplish throughout the day. Knowing the day will end gives us motivation to accomplish everything we need to do before it ends. For Christians, our time is also running out. Not only is the return of Jesus imminent, our time to live for God's glory in this life is coming to an end. As Paul wrote, each day that passes is a day closer to our deliverance in Jesus Christ. We should live each day with a sense of urgency, making the most of every opportunity to glorify God. How do Christians make the most of every minute? We begin by shedding wicked works associated with spiritual darkness. Deeds like carousing, drunkenness, sexual immorality, unchecked lust, Quarreling and jealousy must be intentionally resisted by Christians. We must remember that these sins come naturally to our sinful flesh, so we must be deliberate in denying them power over us. It is not enough to simply remove the works of darkness. Paul followed up the exhortation to remove darkness with an injunction to put on the armor of light. God knows if we simply stop wrong behavior without replacing it with wholesome works, we will likely fall right back into the old sinful habits. So, like waking up and putting on a uniform, Paul exhorted believers to put on Jesus Christ as an armor of light. When we walk in the light, not only will we accomplish the works of the children of God, but we will also shine light that exposes sinful patterns and behaviors. A Christian who intentionally chooses to follow Christ with God-honoring behavior fulfills his honest and authentic calling. Living in a deliberately holy manner prevents the flesh from having its way with us. When we satisfy the desires of God, it is impossible to satisfy the desires of the flesh. There has been a general decline in the influence of Christians who stand out as children of light in the public square. Not only does walking in obedience to God benefit you and your family, but it also boldly declares the gospel to the world. Choosing to put off works of darkness and walk in God's light fulfills your obligation to function as an upstanding citizen. Why is it so important to constantly resist temptation? Setting the Application We look forward to the soon return of Jesus Christ who will establish his earthly kingdom. When he comes, we will not be concerned with corrupt authorities or the overwhelming presence of idolatry in the land since he will rule with a rod of iron. Deep down, we long for that day and recognize that history is counting down to his return. Until that day comes, though, we have a very important job to accomplish. We must abide in earthly environments that are not conducive to holy living, resist temptations of the flesh, and honor the authorities God has given us. We recognize that authorities are in place by God's design, and they should be obeyed unless they force us to do something God forbids. As we live the remainder of our days on this planet, the world is watching. We bear the name of Christ so people will observe whether our faith leads us to a holy life or not. For the sake of our testimony and the glory of God, may we walk in God's love and light, inviting everyone to join us in God's kingdom. How will you fulfill your calling to shine the light of Jesus in a darkened world?
0: Thanks, Brother Mark, for sharing such great truth with us this week. Join us next week as we take another look at God's Word with Brother Mark. Don't forget to join us daily on our Through the Bible daily devotionals on our daily devotional blog at www.bogardpress.org. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.